Ich bin ein Berliner. 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 Hello everyone, we are here with episode number four, Yippee, and we just wanted to take this chance to thank everyone again who has helped the show get this far, teachers, administrators, friends, supporters, everyone, thank you so much, and especially to our guests and speakers who make the content of the show what it is, and I've been so happy to see, to listen to what they have to say and enjoy their company along the journey of making this show. So thank you, thank you, we really appreciate it. If you'd like to become even more involved in our process, Laura and I are beginning to think about the future of the show. And we would like some support here in Berlin because neither of us will be here in the fall next semester. So if this is something you're interested in, in helping us with, please send us an email, ich bin ein Berliner, podcast at gmail.com and also send us a mail if you're interested in um, contributing some content if you have a story if you're just listening and want to say hey we would love to hear from you as well so that's podcast at gmail.com also in the show notes so today we have an interview with Laura and Peter and he's a fantastic guy very kind very helpful um, always around to help students. So let's listen to the chat that Lara and Peter had. My name is Peter Bofinger, and I am currently working at New York University Berlin as a studio monitor. What I enjoy about working uh, at NYU Berlin is, of course, apart from the brilliant team that I'm part of and grateful to be part of, uh, is are the students and the sort of international atmosphere we have here, of course, the transatlantic connection we have here. I get to live my American part of my identity here with you guys. I also um, really appreciate the fact that we have a steady flow of new faces and every semester we have new students coming or in January day terms, like January programs or in the summer programs, you meet new people, you meet people who see the world differently than you and you can learn from that's that's what's most fascinating. It's a lot of fresh input every every semester, every month, every week. Can you tell me a little bit more about the American side of your identity that you get to live out here? Happy to do so. First of all, of course, this has has something to do with language. I um, grew up in the United States for the first eight years of my life. I was American, full-blooded, red-blooded American in Washington <laughs> D.C. Um, and this part of my life, although it is now a very small part, significantly older now, um, has somehow left its imprint on me. And uh, in this case, I get to uh, experience America not only like I used to in my studies by reading and learning more or less academically about the nation and its people, but now by actually having Americans or people who have a strong connection to America because they study there, um, uh, that uh, sort of give a fresh perspective on this country that is indelibly a part of my identity. So um, 
It's um, a never-ending fascination with this nation. <laughs> what are some of the things you think you've gained out of those interactions? Um, definitely an update, if you will. An update of how America has changed uh, since I've last been there. My most recent stay was in 2005 on the West Coast in San Francisco. It's um, fascinating to realize how change happens, if you will, how America has changed within the past 10 years, as opposed to when I was last there. In the framework of St. Agnes, it's really easy, because uh, here we have drama currently in the semester, and we have, let's say, there's a certain element of expressiveness among the a student body, and it's easy to come to talk, and to also to listen in on conversations or pass by and realize how they interact with each other, how language has changed, let's say the vernacular has changed, um, as opposed to what, for instance, I experienced through medialized input, let's say the abundance of American cultural production that I consume <laughs> privately and as a role as a student of US culture and history. Uh, it's highly fascinating to get a real life feeling of how Americans view their culture. As someone kind of torn between the two cultures myself, I'm always interested in how other people are living that. That is true. Um, it's, it's, get, it's gotten, interestingly enough, it's gotten easier for me. It's gotten, probably going to be much easier for me to pick and choose identities now, uh, also considering current political developments. And I've also learned about myself, also in interactions, um, here, uh, getting those updates, if you will, that when people ask me, do you feel more American or German or something like that, I would say that, uh, as I said, there's this intense fascination with America, but culturally speaking, mm, I have to say that I feel more German. And I think there's a lot America can learn <laughs> from Germany. Not that I'm an ambassador of sorts, but sometimes to, let's say, introduce an American to a German frame or concept, um, point out similarities, but also significant differences. I think that's, uh, that's, that's a fascinating, fascinating aspect of bringing this German part, German side of, my, of my, myself uh, to the front. It's interesting that you point out, of course, you also have two identities, if you will, or let's say your identity is made up of two parts mm -hmm. and how they interact with each other and work through you. I would, uh, I would argue, or I would say that for me, uh, I, just, I like to pick and choose, basically. It's mm -hmm. pick and choose. So let's say if I discuss uh, as a American cultural production, in particular, let's say the very successful HBO series of Game of Thrones. I'm full in the American vernacular and frame and use expressions that I read up, that I've heard, that I've read up on the internet and I, I, I adapt to them and I use them. Uh, I would have immense difficulties talking about Game of Thrones in German. So you um, relatively recently became a father, right? That is correct. Um, I'm, I'm a very proud father, uh, as uh, that I am. My son um, is 
a, an amazing person. <laughs> he is now 13 months, 13 and a half months old. He was born shortly after, um, no, he was actually born on St. Patrick's Day last, last year. And I remember I was at a conference the weekend before, uh, actually helping out at a conference and we, the week before. Um, and it was kind of impressive to realize that on one point I was a husband and an employee of NYU and a student and my role in life changed from one week to the next and all of a sudden there was a new role I, had to f I, f I was compelled to fulfill and I gladly fulfilled it. Um, I am, since we're talking about identities and language and culture, uh, I think it's significant to point out that I, uh, we're, my wife and I are trying to teach to raise our child bilingually. So it is my responsibility to speak English with my son, while my wife, who's also bilingual, German-English, um, has opted for speaking German with him. Sometimes I get, I, I receive a stern facial expression from her because my wife's English is much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to correct me. But since he's only 13, uh, 13 months old, um, the whole language acquisition thing, he understands much more than he expresses. You know, he mm -hmm. doesn't talk yet, but um, we're counting down the days until he starts talking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, was, um, I was raised bilingually mm -hmm. by German parents in the U.S., of course. I find that how um, bilingual raising functions when the culture around you speaks the other language really mm -hmm. impacts the way that... Correct. Um, Correct. Um, that... The same procedure was with me. Uh, German was spoken at home. Uh, and uh, in contrast to my two older brothers, who both were basically couched in German culture, expat culture, if you will. There's a German school in Washington, D.C. They visited that. I didn't. Um, I visited a public school. And I went to, when we moved to Germany, this, this sort of sort of culture clashing continued because I joined the Boy Scouts, for instance. So I still had this sort of American culture thing going. But yeah, um, German was spoken at home in, in, in America and uh, English outside of home. Um, certain phrases did enter convert, uh, my, my mother's uh, um, interaction with me uh, because sometimes English is just that much more simple to to use when interacting, um, but I, sadly enough, I cannot remember a certain instance. I could not give you an example right now. My parents, when when I was small, my parents had made the conscious choice that they would not scold or argue with us in German. German was <clears throat> supposed to be the kind of the happy language. Interesting. And so um, it didn't always work out like that because in the end, sometimes privacy prevailed over that philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But I thought it was a very interesting uh, choice and attempt that they made in trying to raise me and my sister that way. That is, uh, that is highly fascinating, actually, to, to, to realize. It's also a, a chapter that I, as a, fa I, as a father, <laughs> am entering uh, currently um, when the question of how to, how to sort of interact and teach and your, your, your child or anyone, basically, how to do this and in what register and with what words and in our case and with which language. And um, with us it was, or with me at least, I have to say my brothers are significantly older, with uh, us it was, I, I think, 
my mother spoke German to me and she scolded me in German and German was experienced it's the full spectrum from <laughs> from from kindness to sternness I would say would you consider yourself uh, ben? <laughs> that is thank you that's a fascinating question uh, that one sometimes asks oneself in a compartment you one compartment full of uh, five different languages and none of them German you sometimes ask yourself I'm probably the only one who knows where this train st stops next or w without looking at a plan. Considering that I've been in the city for what was it, 14 years now, I would assume that I'm a, what I like to say, a Wahlberliner, a Berliner by choice. And I have, I've thus gained the right to scold, scowl, complain, uh, mumble, grumble, and give tourists the proper directions to the East Side Gallery. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't consider myself a Berliner, but if someone would ask if I would travel abroad and someone would ask me, where are you from? I would say, I live in Berlin, and that would suffice for me as a marker of identity or uh, where I come from. It's interesting that you mentioned directions because lately, not so much at the beginning of the semester, but lately more and more people have been stopping me on the streets to ask me for directions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it happens. Also, uh, actually yesterday I went shopping with my wife and, with, and, my, and child and um, all of a sudden my wife stops in her tracks and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, I was just checking whether the tourists that we just passed were taking the right route to where they wanted to go. So there's also this, this thing that at least with us, that you, maybe that's what separates us from real Berliners. We actually want to help people. <laughs> <laughs> we actually want to show them, you know, actually, if you want to go, go down that way, it's better or nicer or whatever. <laughs> True. It's, um, it's a lot of fun to listen to you talk about your son. There's just so much oh, love you. in your voice. Oh, thank you so much. That is so flattering. Now my ears are red. No, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really, oh, it's so easy to, um, you actually got the, you got, you know how to press the buttons. Um, it's very clever. Uh, parents love talking about their children. It's just great. Um, it's a word to the wise. If you want to somehow, I don't know, make a business deal work, you know, it, it, Hollywood, there's always a grain of truth in Hollywood, you know, the, the evil guy who just leaves the military compound asks the guard, oh, Joe, our wife and kids, that's how you do it. That's how you do it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's how you do it. Uh, I'm also very grateful, actually, for my employer to have given me the time to uh, help my wife and child in the first couple of weeks and months. I'm saying this because I want to, not because I'm required to do so. <laughs> um, uh, because it's... Uh, it's it's really important also to balance work and life. This is a very standard thing you've probably read, heard, and and all over the place. It's everywhere. Um, but from someone who actually has to do it, uh, but who's doing it for the first time, um, it's a challenge. But it can be it it can be uh, managed, particularly if you're uh, in such a great working environment like NYU. Mm -hmm. What makes NYU such a such a good work environment? Um, I think it has something to do with uh, the uh, composition of the team, I would say. Uh, I'm not, I, I mean, I've known 
my colleagues and, and staff and some faculty now for more or less a year, some even longer because they are alumni of my of where I studied or where I'm studying. I plan to study again. <laughs> um, so I would say it has something to do with the uh, knack of having found the right people for the right jobs. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. You're very welcome. I thank you for the opportunity. I, um, I want to also thank um, the students for giving me a fascinating semester here. And uh, I do hope and wish, I wish all, all of you a lot of success in your future. So we hope you found this conversation interesting. I certainly did. Listening to how people are dealing with their dual identities or dual nationalities that therefore makes their identity German, American. Laura and I both think about these things and um, I hope it was relevant to you listeners as well. So thank you so much for listening to our fourth show. Ich heiße Georgie und ich bin ein Berliner. Ich bin ein Berliner is hosted and co-produced by Georgina Hahn. Laura Valtier is editor and co-producer. Graphic design was done by Clara Lu. Harmonica score performed and written by Sean Velasco Dodge. Special thanks to the New York University Berlin community for their support in the production of this program. Thank you to Roland Peach, Kimberly Bradley, Lynn Friedrichs, Anne Strauss and Gabriela Edmetsolu for their inspiration and care. You can find the links to the music used in today's podcast as well as the German translation summary in the show notes. A thousand years ago, the proudest boast was Kivis Romanus So. Today, in the city of West Berlin, the proudest boast is Ich bin ein Berliner. <laughs>